Before you can create a healthy relationship with others, you first have to create a healthy relationship with yourself. Welcome to Let's Talk About It with your host, Dr. Janie Lacey. Janie is a nationally respected psychotherapist, and on this show, she and her featured guests will help you discover and break patterns in your life that can contribute to self-sabotage and unhealthy relationships. Now, here is Dr. Janie Lacey. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About It with Janie Lacey. You know, daily life in today's world can be hectic. We get overwhelmed and exhaustion are on the rise as endless to-do lists pile higher and higher. Responsibilities in your career and family can cause you to spin out of control and lose sight of the things that keep you grounded, focused, and balanced. Even though you're holding things together by a thread, you may continue to keep going until that doesn't work anymore, and eventually you break down. Today, our guest, Lauren Lavender, is going to help you turn a breakdown to a breakthrough. She helps burnt-out women find the strength they need to accomplish their goals through motivation, education, and empowerment without letting fear, anxiety, or doubt get in their way. Welcome to the show, Lauren. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, we are excited to have you. You know, so many people that may be watching us live or listening to the recording or finding us somewhere in the podcast, they want to know who is Lauren Lavender? Who is Lauren Lavender? What do you want people to know about you? (laughs) That is such a great question and so relevant. Um, I am, I wear lots and lots of hats, like I know we all do, but what I like to be remembered as somebody that wants to make an impact. And so how I do that is through the multi-channels of my life. So I'm a mom first, um, but I'm also a business owner. I'm a coach. I'm a podcaster. Um, I've been in the marketing world forever. So as much as I like to retire that hat, I am still rocking that hat everywhere I go. Um, But most importantly, I want to be remembered as somebody that served and help people. So I do that through my multi-passions and uh, my multi-potentials. And um, the number one thing I want to be remembered as, as somebody that gave their all and just put it all out there and ultimately helped people in return. So Lauren gave it her all. It's uh, the good old saying that comes to mind is dying empty, (laughs) that when you meet that casket, you gave it all. I sure did. And I want to be remembered by, and by the way, I want, if we're going to be a little dark for a second, I hope that my, my casket is covered by amazing people that just said, yes, she did. Yes, she did. (laughs) And it was the truth versus, uh, okay, well, what do we got to say about her? Right. Right. So, you know, talking about the, the dark side of things, you know, what would you say has been your greatest life pain points that, fueled you to the woman who I've met, uh, the woman you are are today. I mean, what are some things that when you look back, you know, we all have these pain points and we can look back at our life and say, okay, it was really difficult and dark in that moment, but I can clearly look back and say, I needed A, I needed B, I needed C to happen to be who I am today. And because I had those things happen, I can either help women, I can be in a greater position where I understand because it's far enough behind me, but I can see it was needed to be the woman that I am today. So what are some of those greatest pain points for for you, Lauren, that contribute to, to the strong, powerful woman that I know you to be? Well, I'd love to say it was just one or two. But there were quite a few, and I know so many of you can relate to that. And so for me, it was a lot of childhood, I don't want to say trauma, 
because that word is so triggering, right? It's such a heavy word. Um, but for me, we grew up with mental health issues. It was like, what's for dinner? What are, what, what do we have to do for, for work or school today? And also how's everyone doing? Um, because that was just a topic of conversation in our house. Um, mental health issues were very prevalent. And so I learned from a very early age how to check in with myself regularly and then use that power to either pause or propel forward and to do something with it. Um, so quite a few things. I, I had a really tough relationship with my dad growing up um, purely because he had a lot of mental health issues and I didn't know what to do with them. I internalized them. I thought they, that everything that he felt had something to do with me. And when you're young and you're a child, you don't know what to do with this energy around the house all the time. And so I internalized a lot of stuff going on in our house. Um, and with that, it really shaped me to be what I like to call a people pleaser. And I did it in every aspect of my life. I did it in my professional life. I did it in school. I did it in sports. I did it in everything. And it got to the point where I was so good at pleasing people. I had no idea who Lauren really was and what Lauren wants to do. And so I had to have my own breakthrough because I kept breaking down. I would try to be the most amazing swimmer. And then I would get to a certain point and go, I just can't do it anymore. I'm going to burn out now. And then I would jump into drama. And I would, I would get one of the lead roles in the play, never the full lead. And then I would just go, this isn't it either. And I just kept searching. I kept trying new things. And I eventually said to myself, we need to pause and figure out who Lauren really is. And it took me a moment to realize that my whole life, I think I was born to be somebody. I was born, we, I think we all are. I think we're all born perfectly capable to walk into the highest potential of our life. But along the way, we are told no. We're told we're not good enough. We're told we're not pretty enough. We're told we're not old enough. We're, not, we're too tall. We're not tall enough. You're too something or you're not enough of something. And so inevitably, it chips away at who we are. That happened for me. I didn't know really who I was and I got very, very lost. It happened in all areas of my life. And so now I've been able to get to a place of, okay, let's check in. And I really ask myself the question. It's so simple, so easy to do, but so powerful. And I just say, hey, how we doing? And I just check in with myself and I figure out, is this really what I want to do? Is this really where I want to be? And inevitably, um, that's why I can say I've lived a very full life. You know, I've done this career. I've tried this job. I've, I've dated that kind of guy. And then I married this one. It's like I had to go through a lot of bumps and bruises and a lot of trials and tribulations to realize that your life is not going to be linear. It's not going to be perfect, but it's up to you to decide what you're going to make of it. And if this breakdown is going to become a breakthrough for you and how you're going to handle tough times ahead. So that's, that's a pretty high level version of things that I've gone through, the, the way I, I started and to where I've become and, and gotten to now. Um, but I always like to say, I'm a work in progress. I'm never perfect, but I just strive to be the most potential and have the most potential um, from this point on. So. Well, I like to say, Lauren, we are a work in progress to the day we meet our maker. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and those that say that they arrive, don't trust them. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. And then I think, well, I don't ever want the party to end either. Right. It's like, let's just keep going. We can always get better. And um, one of our mutual friends, David Spizak, I will always remember this. He always said, you know, if you look at your life and it's a peak and if you're on the left side of the peak and you're looking up at it, 
that's the best place to be because you don't want to be at the top of the peak because there's only one place from there and it's down, right? If you're going up to down, you always want to be at the base of whatever that peak is. So I'm always looking for that base. I'm always looking, how can I get to that next level? How can I push myself? How can I challenge myself to ultimately say at the end of the day and at the end of our lives, I gave it my all. I gave it my all. And that so is symbolic of just that growth mindset versus that fixed mindset. Yes. But you know what? I want to go back a, a little bit because uh, I think this is going to help a lot of, especially a lot of the women in my Women Redeem, Woman Redeem community, is when we're looking back at our childhood or we're connecting the dots to understand how we got here. You know, what? why do I think the way that I think? Why am I the way that I am? It's not necessarily about because sometimes when people have not yet healed, we can get into this place, Lauren, and I, and I know you know this, um, denial. And when we talk about our childhood or we talk about, you know, our parents or, you know, they're ill-equipped to raise us, these types of things, people are like, well, why are you blaming your parents? You're an adult. And it's not about blaming them. But I always like to use that metaphor of when I went to Italy, you know, buying these books and looking at these beautiful buildings that were once there, but what was in front of me was ruins. So in order for me to understand what I was looking at, I had to kind of go back. And it's the same thing with, with our life. But, you know, sometimes people can cope with just that denial of, well, I'm not going to focus back there. I'm just going to focus right now and then. So what was it for you when you realized that, okay, I am the way that I am and I'm having these challenges in, in, in life and I keep having these breakdowns and I'm looking at, you know, there's this great book that, that I like and it's called um, Adult Children of Immature Parents. <laughs> Every day as a mom, I'm trying to be a mature mom. Right, right. <laughs> but, you know, this, this, this book kind of breaks down, you know, some of the challenges that we can have when our parents are not necessarily in that secure, mature mindset to raise us. So when you went back and you realized that your dad or, you know, the people that were around you, when did you embrace that reality without feeling like a victim? What can you share with um, our community about that? Yeah, that's a powerful question. Um, because denial is absolutely prevalent. Um, and I think it's prevalent for a lot of reasons. Um, one, it's easier to not deal with it, right? It's easier to just being comfortable and say, yeah, that happened, but I, I refuse to relive it. I refuse to go back and, and um, pay any attention to that because that means that I have to feel some really scary things. That means I have to relive some things. That means I have to put myself in a really vulnerable mindset and deal with it again. And pain is really painful and it's demanding and it, and it, and I'm, and I just want to get through dinner or whatever we're doing. But the number one thing I can say is this, if you do not address any sort of trauma or any sort of inner child work that you might need, it's going to bubble up into your life in every single way. It, it may not manifest itself in a way that you recognize, and it may not show up as something really hairy and scary and powerful, but I believe it's going gonna, it's gonna to manifest into many different limiting beliefs that will ultimately limit the amount of, of fulfillment that you can have in your life. So for me, I realized I could, I kept plateauing. I kept plateauing in a lot of ways. Like, okay, I would meet a, a guy and, and, you know, they always say you marry your parents and I refuse to let that happen. I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be the outlier. Right. <laughs> and I kept meeting all these guys and it's like, well, why do I keep picking the same guy? Why do I keep relating to the same thing? And it took me a minute to realize it's because I haven't dealt with the relationship of my father yet. 
And so what I did was I spent a lot of time with myself and I sat myself down and said, Hey, what's going on? Why do you feel this way about your dad? You know, you're an adult now, right? All the things we say and, and, and yeah, you, you're not a kid anymore. So you're stronger. Hey, you, you've accomplished all these things. Like you're a different person. You don't need to deal with that. But what I noticed was the second I started to confront the, the girl, the young girl that I was and the voice in my head that was holding me back is when I noticed I, I had a, a meeting that I kept putting off with myself that needed to happen. One, because I needed to forgive my dad. I needed to forgive him for the person that he was as the father, as the person that was supposed to take care and do all these things. But ultimately, what I really needed was to forgive myself because it took me a long time to realize that what our parents do, you know, the first teachers in our lives really have nothing to do with us. They are also human. They are also just doing the best that they can. They also have limiting beliefs. And on top of that, if they have mental health issues, there's a whole lot of empathy and grace that needs to happen because at the end of the day, they're doing what they think they need to do and they're doing the best that they can. So I had to really sit down with myself and say, this is some work that we need to do and we need to forgive our parents and we need to forgive ourselves and we need to look at, at our limiting beliefs straight in the face and say, you no longer get to have that power me anymore. You no longer get to decide and roadblock me and bottleneck the choices that I make that ultimately lead to me having a very fulfilled life. You said a very strong word there, and I just want to pull it out, and that's forgiveness of self and others. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and we know that forgiveness is a process, but we can still acknowledge what happen to us without it overcoming us. And that true forgiveness process is getting to that point where we let go of the outcome that it could have been different. And yes. I just, and I, and when we think about that, I think that's when, and we'll get into this a little bit after the break um, in a little bit, but, you know, truly embracing who we are. And I think there's a part of that, that process that, you know, I've heard you talk on one of your episodes and I think it was really, really good and, to, and powerful for us to embrace that. But so when we acknowledge the things that we've gone through, we can still say, oh, you know, that sucks. But when we get to that victim mentality and we get stuck that we wish things would have been different, ultimately what I'm hearing you say is we're rejecting ourselves because, you know, we're all to a certain degree, you know, we have to be good enough. And in order for us to be good enough or for us to break that next generation for us and for for us being boy moms love boy moms <laughs> for yeah. us you know being parents is that we have to understand that we're not going to be perfect but we keep striving to have that that growth mindset and you know you also said something about you know this the good old daddy wound right we always hear this uh term that the 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 dad wound you know for some people it's a mother wound right and kelly mcdaniels has a great work just talks about you know mother hunger. And sometimes we don't want to talk about that just as, as women and nurturers, as mothers. So, you know, the, the point there is that we have to look back to really understand how we were templated so that we can really break free from that. And then we can embrace all that, you know, God has for us. So when you think about that process that you went along the way, and you also mentioned it, the best place that our wounds show up is in our intimate relationships. <laughs> 
if you had a chaotic childhood, you probably like the, what I call the bad boy, you know, or you yep. like that chaos and it feels like chemistry and it feels like connection, right? Because that was the frame of reference. And then someone who probably was really, really healthy for you feels boring. You know, I hear this all the time from my woman redeem uh, community. So part of that is the clue that something has to still be dealt with. You know, we look at the polyvagal system and how our nervous system works, you know, our body keeps the score. So when you think it's chemistry, I say it could be trauma. <laughs> yes, for sure. For sure. And that's the thing too. And you just said it so perfectly. It's going to come up again. It's going to come up and it's going to come up in a few ways, like you just mentioned in your parenting. Right. And now that we're moms, we're going, Oh, that's why mom and dad did that. But also, Oh, that's why mom and dad did that. And it's one of those, well, I get to learn from it and I have the chance to break that cycle as a parent, but then also who we marry, right? Because we have the chance to break that cycle in relationships and to really put forth what a, a healthy relationship could be. Right. And, and like, and, and like you just said, yeah, the chaos was my calm. The chaos was my place of, of serenity. Um, but it took me a minute to realize, but that's not getting me anywhere and it's not sustainable. So absolutely. Absolutely. You get back to the same place where we feel the same thing over and over and over again. And then it's just not Steve or Bob. It's now Joe or, but it's the same feeling. And that's right. the clue that I always um, tell women that we have to be clued in and it's not outsourced. Sometimes it's um, in inward in that inner work. For sure. You know, I just love one of your episodes on Fortunately Relatable, just love that title, where you talked about the five, I'm going to pivot here, the five stages of burnout and how to combat them. And, you know, especially for women, just wearing, as you mentioned in our opening, wearing different hats, having different expectations. Can you share with us some of the signs that, that if someone's listening to us, signs that they can recognize in themselves that they're in that burnout and what someone can do to start turning their life around? You know, because when I think about the times in my life, Lauren, where I was burnt out, I didn't realize I was on that path because that was the normal. You know, as you mentioned, you're wearing different hats, you're juggling different balls. And I now changed my mindset about this. But at that time, feeling like burning candles at both ends was like the hustler move. You know, yes, you yes. just think you're a badass, all this other stuff. And it really was just the road to self-destruction. So talk to us a little bit about burnout and some signs that people may that are listening that are practical, that they may recognize that they may be on that same path. And what can they do to change? that. Yeah. And um, burnout is real. It's real. And burnout doesn't mean stop. A burnout doesn't mean you're so burnt out, you can't get off the floor. Burnout is actually, I like to say there's high functioning burnout people. Um, and I was one of those people. And so my symptoms were, I felt really numb. I felt really drained. I felt like I could never get enough done. I could never feel successful enough. I could never, I could never, I could never. But I also felt like I should be. I should be doing this better. Or I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in a place where, oh, you know, I really want to make a change, but I just can't because I don't have the energy. Or I don't know how, or I don't know why, and I can't get myself to do the thing. Um, but it also manifests physically, Right. You are, you could be so drained that you really just feel like not getting out of bed today where you don't really want to show up for your kids, or you don't really want to show up for your partner, or you don't really want to go do that fun social thing that maybe a year ago you would have loved doing. That's burnout. 
Burnout is a lingering feeling, a lingering emotion that if it goes undiagnosed could actually become a disease within your body. And so what it does is it runs rampant within you and you don't even know what's happening. You just learn to live with it because it's such a gradual increase, right? You just put one more rock in the jar every single day and then you look back and go, why does my back hurt? And it's because you've been carrying around this sack of rocks, these heavy things all the time and never dealt with them. And you just keep picking up things along the way without stopping to adjust your pack or adjust the, your why or your reasoning or, or to stop and ask yourself, should I continue doing this? And I think especially for women, there's this expectation that as we get older, as we become more successful, the word is more. I want more of that, or I want to include that. But it's really hard for women, I think, to subtract, right? And so one of my favorite sayings is, if it doesn't add up, you got to subtract it. It's the truth, because if it's not working for you, that means something's got to go, something's got to give. So you might as well strategically look at what you're doing and say, what is pulling my energy? What is taking away from my ultimate fulfillment? And I believe truly it's a limiting belief. And the reason I say that is because somewhere in your course of your day, somewhere in your routine, somewhere in your your plan, your roadmap for your life, you're holding yourself back or you're stretching yourself too thin. And if we don't take the time to really stop and address these feelings of, you know, stress and, and being overworked and, and lacking energy and numb or any, any sort of symptom that's actually creeping in your body, it does become a physical disease and it can really overpower the person that you are and really pull you away from ultimate fulfillment. So burnout is real. And if you are feeling it, I really encourage you to just sit down with yourself and, and just ask the question, like I always say, how are we doing? And if you can't answer that confidently with, we're doing fantastic, we're, we're experiencing some burnout. And it's really normal. I think most people feel burnt out at some point in their life. Sometimes it's by choice. We just keep tacking things on and, and we don't know when to stop. I think other times life hits us really, really hard. And, and especially with the pandemic, you know, 100% of the jobs lost in September of 2020 were women. And it's because we, you know, the schools weren't working out. And so everybody's, you know, working from home, but also raising their kids. And so somebody's got to lose their job and it's going to be the mom. Why? Because we're so used to just picking up the slack. We're so used to stopping and saying, oh, I'll just do it myself. And I think when we don't address that, sometimes we do have a limit then we really limit the amount of potential and the limit the amount of fulfillment that we ultimately can have. So I encourage anyone to get on top of your burnout. And if you don't know how, please reach out to me or Dr. Janie, because you don't have to do this alone. And especially women, we can accomplish the impossible when we get together. So... We certainly can. Women uh, can help empower each other. You know, there's something that came to mind as you're talking about just that whole and that that whole burnout and i'm hearing especially more times for women it goes for men as well for but sure. that whole approval that you know i think there was even a book that approval addiction right we outsource our self esteem there's constantly looking for validation so we're doing we're doing we're doing because there's this need to be needed i mean where do you see all of that in contributing to us being burned out yeah um i think it's impossible with the generalized standards of society to ever feel like you are enough. But 
The greatest news of all is that nobody's opinion of you matters except you. And that sounds so cliche and you've heard it your whole life. Your mom, your teacher, somebody told it to you, but it's the truth. Um, One of my favorite things is I always see a meme and it's like, the, the husband's always like, why do you get so dressed up for your girlfriends? But then when we go out, you got your hair up in a messy bun and you're, we're just whatever. And I, and it makes me laugh because girls get dressed up for other girls. And, and I want to highlight that for a couple of reasons. I don't think it's just men putting standards on women. I think women put standards on women. I think we like to show up as the miss have it all, miss know it all, miss, oh my God, could she do anything more perfect? Because it's validation, right? And we're constantly seeking that validation that we are a good mother, that we are a professional, that we can have it all, right? I think society has put that standard on us, but I also think as women, we've put that standard on us. And so I think if we can be really empathetic with ourselves and show up as our true selves, we will release that pressure of having to be perfect or a high achiever or somebody that has everything. Because at the end of the day, It's all about fulfillment for you, right? Everybody has their own metrics. Everybody has their own way of measuring their success. And so I think if we can be really realistic with each other as women, that this doesn't have to be so everything, right? That we don't have to be in a million places. It's okay if you don't want to have kids. It's okay if you don't want to work and you want to stay home with your kids. It's okay to do whatever you need to do, right? Because we only live once. And it's powerful that you look back at your life and say, and I did it my way. So I think for women especially, really be honest with yourself about what you want. And, and, and don't be afraid to validate yourself if you can't get validation from others. One of the things that I find, Lauren, and would love to get your take on this as we um, count down to our break, is, you know, when I find that women, for one, we need to know who we are. We need to know who we are in order to know what we need. But there's also this challenge that I find that there is this, when we change and we start growing and having that growth mindset and we start walking into our own purpose, is sometimes we have to look around and we have to, you know, especially if they've given us the scissors to cut people loose. (laughs) And because, you know, it's kind of like that crab in the barrel. When we start growing and you start hearing conversations around you, sometimes there's this lonely path that you have to walk. And I think sometimes women, when they get to this lonely place and they realize that, you know, it's better to have the friends that I know than the ones that I don't. And there's this fear that I see sometimes with just walking alone for a season. Could you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, that's very true, especially for women, because the hunter gatherer thing, right? We like to talk. We like to be connected. We like to be together. We like to know we have lots of quality friends in lots of quality places. Um, But there are absolutely going to be seasons where you're going to hang out with yourself a lot. And I believe if you can make yourself your number one hype girl, your number one go-to person, then everything else will feel extra. Everything else will feel like I can do this, right? I don't need to rely on anyone else to get this done. I can empower myself. I don't need that validation from anyone else. I don't need to show up for for anyone but myself right now because that's what I need. And it's okay to be by yourself. Some of the most empowering 
moments of my life have been when I was by myself. And that's because I needed the time and the space to really think and stop to sharpen my sword. If you just just keep cutting away and you keep doing things the same way and you keep expecting the same results, you're inevitably, inevitably going to burn out and it's going to lead to a really, really lonely time. But instead, what you can do is you can carve really strategic, lonely, or I'm sorry, independent times with yourself so that you don't become lonely, right? So I encourage you to get really comfortable with yourself to the point where it's exciting to have that you time. You know, I used to wake up before my son and my kids so that I could just have alone time, like just literally do nothing and think and journal and, and really have a conversation with myself. Why? Because when times get really, really hard, I'm going to need myself right? That's the only person with me at the end of the day going through this. So I need to have a really good relationship with myself. So I encourage anybody to find comfort in being alone or independent or on your own, because there's so much power in that. So we need to get in a space where we like to be alone. We get used to being alone and being alone and being lonely are two different things. And if we don't like our own company, how can we really ask someone else to like our own company is what I like to say. So get in that space, know it's a season, get, get your hands dirty, look in the mirror and start embracing who you are. Because when that woman shows up, a lot of different people, a new crew will show up. So we'll be right back. Let's talk about it with Janie Lacey with our special guest, Lauren Lavender. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you often attracted to unavailable partners? Feel like you can't stay but can't leave a toxic relationship? Obsessed with thinking about a current or former lover? Feel resentful that you're always taking care of the other person? The Woman Redeemed Therapy Program is for women who want to break free from toxic relationship patterns so they can find the love they truly deserve. This program is a safe, nurturing environment, essential for building self-worth and acquiring the tools to work through challenges and create your best self. We invite you to begin the journey today to start building the new you. Call 407-622-1770 or visit LifeCounselingSolutions.com. That's LifeCounselingSolutions.com. Are you living day by day, nervous, in fear, or constantly feeling overwhelmed, This is probably due to an anxiety disorder. Anxiety disorders can develop from many different factors and can affect each and every person differently. Anxiety disorders can develop because of genetics, personality, stressful life events, and many other reasons. The Anxiety and Depression Association of America reports that more than 40 million Americans suffer from anxiety-related illnesses and anxiety is also considered the most common mental disorder in the United States. You don't have to suffer alone. Call Life Counseling Solutions at 407-622-1770 or visit lifecounselingsolutions.com today. Has your anger ever taken you somewhere you regretted? Have you ever said something in anger that you wish you could take back? Have you ever hurt anyone as a reaction of your anger, physically or emotionally? Let's face it. Anger is a part of life. We all experience anger in our lives at some point. The question we need to ask ourselves is whether this has become a habit. What matters is how we deal with it. So, 
Call Life Counseling Solutions at 407-622-1770 or visit OrlandoAngerManagement.com today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Let's Talk About It with Dr. Janie Lacey. To reach the show today, please call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Janie at lifecounselingsolutions.com. Now back to Let's Talk About It. Welcome back to Let's Talk About It with Janie Lacey. We are having a phenomenal discussion with my special guest, Lauren Lavender. You know, Lauren, I want to talk a little bit about one of your episodes. You know, when I think about this word anxiety, I think about a lot of things, lion and bears. Oh, my God. (laughs) But I know you speak a lot about anxiety. Could you share with us how this has shown up in your life and how you've overcome it? And the reason why I want you to share with us, because I believe a lot of women, we relate to this. And what I'll see more times than not is, and even in my own life, is is almost getting used to having a level of anxiety and thinking that that was normal, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? We, we learn to embrace this template and just constantly thinking that this is normal or we think that there's something wrong with me and we do um, a really good job of trying to hide. That's like the, I think about it like the duck. You see those ducks on the, the, on the water, they look like they're smooth sailing, but if you look under the water, they're, they're paddling away to make it right. look that way. So what can you share with us about just you know, from your own story or from the women that you've worked with as far as how anxiety shows up in our life and what can we do today in practical terms to start overcoming that? Yeah. Um, First and foremost, I don't know anybody that doesn't experience anxiety. So I want you to know, first and foremost, that's normal. If you have any anxiety in your life, that's normal. Um, It's also there as a tool to guide you. Anxiety is a little voice that's going on in your head that's saying, hey, Hey, this might happen. This might happen. But the good news is your thoughts don't make you. They're just thoughts. And I think like you were talking about, we're so used to having these thoughts of what if this happens or, oh, this has happened to me in the past. So it's probably going to happen again in the future. And, and I really want to avoid this certain outcome that manifests into anxiety. Um, but, but one thing that I always walk around with and I always resonate with, and I always come back to even now when I'm feeling anxiety is more than 80% of the thoughts that you have are negative and they're also on repeat, right? So of course we're feeling anxious. Of course we're walking around, like you said, and we're, we're, we're you know, able to live with this anxiety and use it for good and be productive and all these things. But sometimes it gets overwhelming and that's where it gets to the threshold of, oh my God, this is debilitating. This, I, I, I can feel it in my body. You know, my, my breath is short. I, I feel like I can't go to work. Like I'm so overwhelmed. I can only focus on this thing. And if you get to that place, I hope this resonates with you. You are in a place of challenge and change and something is weighing on you so hard for you to address it that I encourage you to just stop and be empathetic with yourself and patient and say, I'm probably worried about something that's not going to happen. And even if it does, 
I'll probably handle the outcome better than I expected that I could. Look at how far you've gotten in your life already. You've gone through a lot of things. You made it out. You made out 100% of the time. And if that's not encouraging enough, I don't know what is because at the end of the day, you have you and you have intuition. You are smart. You are confident. You are capable. So remember those things in your hardest times when you have anxiety and know this is your body's way of just trying to protect you. We like to stay safe and comfortable. And so when we push ourselves to do something scary or that might be challenging, anxiety is like, hey, let's not do that. Let's stay comfortable. When in reality, that's the best opportunity to grow and make a change. So I hope everybody resonated, relish in the fact that anxiety is a good thing for you because it probably means you're at an opportunity to change and push yourself, but also know if it's debilitating, that's just your body's way of saying, let's do something about it. Let, let's, let's take a moment, let's pause, and then we'll get back on track after. Such a reminder for us to just to tune in. And like you mentioned, I kind of hear it as it's a little alarm system to tune into the alarm yeah. system. And I also relate to this in parenting, Lauren, in the sense that if we were, why it's, why it's so important for us as parents to not deny our children's reality, right? Yes. Because if we were raised up in systems where children are heard and not seen, you know, uh, our children are seen and not heard in the right. sense that if if you uh, express an opinion or you've talked about something you felt or you said that you were ill and oh, no, you're not, you're going to go to school, you're just fine. And you've had enough of those small cuts along the way as little girls or little boys, you learn to deny your, you, you learn to have your reality denied. And that doesn't go away when we're 20, 30, 40, 50, right? Unless you're in the healing, unless you take on a healing journey, you can start denying your own reality. So when that anxiety sets in, you can feel there's something wrong, but it's almost like you get into that denial until you're faced to face it. And so to speak, until you're either having that breakdown or you're having that burnout. So, you know, I tie that into when we are raising our kids, you know, especially those um, of us that are parents of, of especially kids under 12, mm -hmm. that to embrace their opinions, to embrace, you know, whatever they're experiencing appropriately and help be that parental mirror doesn't mean we have to agree with them. But once we start practicing denying their reality or trying to create little robots, you know, it's going to be really difficult for people to be tuned in now that they're an adult, right? Because we all have this emotional age. So we can be 20, 30, 40, but you can still be that 12-year-old person inside that got frozen emotionally. And for those that are in coupleship, they can relate to it where, you know, he's just acting like a 12-year-old or she's just acting like a 15-year-old. Well, they probably are. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we all know a couple of those. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so that ties into, you know, we often hear this, this saying about really believing in yourself. Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. We hear that all the time, Lauren, and I'm sure you hear it as well. You know, from your own experience, like what does this really look like for people when we think about helping women believe in themselves. As you mentioned earlier, we have everything we need inside of us. We don't have to outsource our self-esteem. We don't have to outsource our acceptance. We have it inside of us. So what does it look like for the women that are listening and they're on their healing journey and they hear this saying about believing in yourself? I mean, what can you share with them about how this transforms or what it looks like for them? Yeah. Well, I know it sounds so cliche, like believe in yourself, like, <laughs> of course, like, hello, I, like everybody's been saying that to me my whole life. But when you truly get a hold of that concept, like, oh, shoot, maybe I really should believe in myself. You'll hold yourself to a higher standard and then you can watch all of your goals, your manifestations and all the things you're trying to achieve literally walk into your life. And here's why. 
the only person that can get something to really do something is you, right? And I think if we can look back at all of the times where we're really, really proud of ourselves and make a list of them and reread that list and just check in with ourselves and go, hey, like I really can do this. We're able to grab the reins of our life and say, yeah, I actually do believe I can because look at all this other stuff that I've accomplished. I am a mom. I, I am a wife or I did start this business or I did land that job. I made it through high school or I made it out of that relationship, right? There's so many things that we go through that really define and push us. But at the end, we can always look back and go, I did that. So I believe in me. I choose to believe in me. I think the latter is if you don't believe in yourself and you truly believe you can't, you're also right, right? Like Henry Ford said it. He's like, either way, if you believe you can or you can't, you're right. If you don't believe in yourself, you will not grow. You will stay exactly the same. And you're going to have the same problem and appointment with yourself at the same time next week. So I think the number one thing you can do is like, like Dr. Janie was saying was, and like you were saying is don't wait for that validation. Don't wait to outsource that confidence. Don't wait for somebody to breathe life into you to say that you can do it. You can listen to yourself. That's why we get anxiety. That's why your whole body is working so hard to protect the one and only person it cares about. And that's you. So back yourself up, be that person you need you to be. And if you start to believe in yourself, you really will be able to accomplish just about anything because you'll truly know that you can. It reminds me, Lauren, of, you know, the good old arena. We know we hear the metaphor all the time is that, you know, that gladiator, he's face down in the dirt. No one's going to make him get back up except him, right? He's going to get back up. Even if you have a moment and your face is down in the dirt, the only person who can put their legs and push yourself up is you to get back up and start swinging that sword. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That big old heavy sword, which you you fought in that arena before. And even if you're, you are venturing to something new and you're like, I don't think I can do this. This is really scary. Oh my God. Oh my God. Push yourself through. Make fear your friend right? The scariest moments in time are really just a little bit of adrenaline going and pushing your body to say, all right, it's fight time or it's flight time. But either way, we about to go somewhere and make history. So let's make sure we're on the right side of it and to really push yourself and to really put yourself in a position that says, wow, I'm going to make some sort of setback into a comeback or I'm going to try something new because like I said, I put it all out there and I just said I, I could. And so I did. You'll never regret getting back up. We'll always regret staying down. Absolutely. (laughs) And you only have to get back up one more time than the amount of times you fell down. Just one more time. Just get back up one more time than all the times you fell down and you'll be ahead. That's how you win. Just that next move. That's right. So, So Lauren, someone's listening right now and they're looking in the mirror and they're thinking, how do I get here? Right? They feel confused. They're feeling overwhelmed. They're feeling exhausted. They're feeling lonely. All the things that we're talking about. I mean, what do you tell her, you know, because you were once her and you share your story. I mean, what are some of the steps that she can take immediately to start climbing out of that dark hole? When she's looking in that mirror, she's confused. She feels alone. She doesn't like her life. She's thinking, how did I get here? What can she do? What do you want to tell her? I think that then I, I like to give relatable advice, right? I like to give practical steps. So I think the easiest thing we can do is to be honest with ourselves. Now, I know that's not easy, and maybe I should say it differently. A simple answer is to be honest with yourself. And so if you're standing in that mirror 
and you can't smile at that reflection and you can't say, I'm proud of you, this is an opportunity for you. This is an opportunity to have a dialogue with yourself in that mirror and say, okay, then what does fulfillment look like? Right? So I'm a firm believer in that we got those four channels. You got your spiritual, your mental, your emotional, and your physical. And if one of those is not in alignment with the others, it means we're not going to reach ultimate fulfillment. So if you're standing in that mirror and you can't figure out what it is, ask yourself, am I emotionally stressed? Am I mentally stressed? Am I spiritually stressed? Or is it something physical? And of those things, it's really important to remember you can make a change in any of those areas. It comes with your mindset. So what I like to do every single morning, whether I'm having a good day or not, is I I write a list of all the things I'm proud of myself for. It sounds so cliche. It sounds like, well, of course, Lauren, you're proud. You've made it this far. You've done all these things. I didn't always feel that way, right? Like we just talked about, I had a really hard time. I was really burnt out. And and for me, it took a minute for me to just sit down with myself and be honest and then say, okay, today's the day we're going to make a change. And, and I think if you can write down or, or put into the universe, this is where I'm struggling. I'm having a hard time here. And then really holding yourself accountable to make a change through your mindset, you'll be able to incrementally improve your life and the quality of your life day by day. Change can't happen overnight. Sustainable change can't happen overnight. But what you can do is immediately change your mindset and start breathing life into the life that you want to have and then holding yourself accountable to march into it and do the thing. Absolutely. I just love that in the sense that, and and you said it right, is we have to be honest with ourselves. We have to say, you know what, there's a problem here. Hello, there's a problem here. (laughs) And I think what happens is, you know, we get to this place where every single person has a shadow side. And in that shadow side, it's just a matter if we're going to acknowledge it or not. And the best way to really move forward and take that next step is to embrace that shadow side and integrate it because then it loses its power over you, whether it's not that not good enough, whether it's, you know, I'm afraid to speak my mind, whether I'm afraid to ask for what I need, because we're going to continue to get the same results over and over and over again. If we don't step out, as you mentioned, in fear and make it your friend. And I know when people hear that, they're like, well, you know, but it's true in the sense that our next move, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But the one regret that most people will have is not doing the things that they felt they should have done, right? And life is so precious with that. So, you know, with that being said, Lauren, we have no doubt (laughs) we're in this culture of um, just what I consider heightened um, fakes and phonies and everything can be curated on most online platforms. And there's nothing wrong with us as women with wearing makeup and enjoying how we look. I'm not saying that at all. It's talking about when people misrepresent who they are. You know, what is your advice for women as they navigate this digital space without really getting getting the without getting that not enough syndrome, right? Comparing themselves to other people's curated photos, their marriages, you know, their uh, probably photoshopped weight, you know, all these other things and you know it's kind of like the you know probably I can probably pinpoint it back even in the 90s right I was in a workshop one time and they were showing how far we've come in magazines and how airbrush you know used to be the airbrush now everything is digitalized and then people you know I remember um being on a doing a new segment about just um like Facebook depression so to speak right when people are constantly comparing themselves so that woman who feels like you know she wants to step out maybe she wants to be an entrepreneur maybe she's been an at-home mom and now she's feeling like now I want to find my purpose but she's looking at social media and she's like but everyone else is doing all these great things and I don't feel good enough I mean, how can you help 
women navigate this digital space where we need it, but yet mm-hmm. it also is like this double-edged sword is kind of how I look at it. Yes. We're not, we're all guilty of that. I think every single person, I think even the most perfect person you can think of is also thinking of another perfect person and wishing they had some, some aspect of that. Um, so forgive yourself for doing that because it's impossible not to, right? We're hit with so many different mediums of ways to be, to be, you know, pushed and airbrushed and digitized. And there's this, you know, like we talked about a huge pressure to be all the things, but if you are one of those people where it, it, drains you to be on social media, I challenge you to just get off. That sounds really simple. Get off for a few days and watch your mood change. If your mood doesn't change and you're like, okay, no, I still feel pretty bad about myself. I still wish my weight was better, or I wish I knew I I could just wear that outfit or whatever it is. I encourage you to really sit down with yourself and just say, this, what I'm worrying about really has nothing to do with who I am. How we look on the outside is only a reflection of who we are on the inside, right? So if you feel really, really confident, you're going to look at a girl and go, wow, she's so beautiful, right? Like because it's her confidence, because it's her presence, the way she shows up and all the things. If you can't show up like that and you can't emulate that same behavior, it's because there's something going on inside. And only you can answer what that is. So if you're seeking validation or you're comparing or you're doing the comparison game, I really encourage you to just stop and really compare yourself to who you were yesterday, right? Like if you were to look at your Instagram through the eyes of someone else, what would they say about you? Would they say she works hard? Would they say that she's an amazing friend? Would they say that she gave her all? Would she say that she's an amazing family member? Or would they just look back and say, yeah, I don't really remember. I don't really know what she does. And and I don't really, you know, I can't relate or, or connect or all the things. I encourage you to think about that part of social media. Like what digital trail are you leaving out there? And then measure other people's. Is that girl just pretty? Do you really want her life? Because a lot of the times those really successful people, they had to go through a lot of hoops to get there. So really ask yourself, do you want to be anyone else? 99% of the time, the answer is no, I'm just fine the way I am. And I think comparison is the thief of joy. So give yourself the opportunity to only compare yourself to who you were yesterday and hold yourself accountable to be better than you are and really push yourself to be a better person. I decided I wanted to do a podcast because it's not visual, because I don't want people to see me. I want them to hear me. I want them to get to know me in their head. I don't want that distraction of seeing someone's face-to-face or their beautiful makeup or all the things. I love what we're doing right now. Don't get that wrong. But my point is I want, to, I want people to connect through the heart, not the face, not the physical, not anything else. I want it to be soul to soul. And so I believe every person has the ability to do that. So I encourage you to really put yourself out there, really be the best version of you and only compare yourself to who you were yesterday and then be excited about the person you're going to be tomorrow. Such great share. You know, I think we all can relate to to this part, Lauren, is that, you know, have you ever bought like a, you know, for people who are listening, have you ever bought a service based off of their marketing? Yes. <laughs> and then when you actually got the product or you got the service, you're like, this is nothing what I thought I was signing up for. This is nothing like the advertisement. Anyone can pay for marketing. Anyone can pay for packages. But to your point, what, walking the digital space and being truly authentically you 
And yeah, you can look and see what other people are doing, but ultimately the focus is on you. And as you said, is this represent who I am and getting your eyes off the prize? And you know, one of the greatest things I did last week is we, my son and I had went with another family and we stayed eight days in Mexico and I am plugged from all social media. I was barely, barely plugged into social media. And that reset was probably a really, really, really good thing, plugging into my life, right? And knowing that on the other side of it, getting back to um, home state of Florida, that that social media was going to be there. So to your point, taking a sabbatical, taking time to unplug, plugging into your real life so that when you have a fresh mind, you go back and you see things for what they really are. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so with that being said, there is no surprise, you know, Lauren, and today that there are so many, especially from last year, mental and emotional breakdowns, and they're becoming more and more occurrences in today's world when we think about society's glorification of busyness. And sometimes I even hear this on, on Clubhouse and other platforms. But how can someone work towards, in your mind, achieving their goals, but not getting caught up as we talk about comparison, the rat race, right? When you, you can plug into something, you can hear something, and you feel like, you know, I'm not doing enough. I mean, what can you share with us in a, in a minute or so? Yeah. Well, what I encourage everyone to say is, are you being busy or are you being productive? If the answer is I'm being busy, I really challenge everyone to just stop and say, well, how can I get to productive? Right. We talk about the, the four hour work day. We talk about you can get more done in a day than you can get done in a year. I think if you can hold yourself accountable to there's only 24 hours in the day, I can only be in so many places at once. What are the top things that matter to me? And I'm going to give my all to those. Then you'll be able to look back at your life and say, I enjoyed it. I'm fulfilled. I'm happy and all of the things. So really ask yourself, are you busy? Or are you productive? And if you're busy, let's figure out how to get you productive so that you can actually measure your life so that you can go into your life and feel good about it without having to be burnt out, without having to feel stressed, without having to feel all the things, but instead you're in total control and happy with the outcome. So that production and that producing versus busyness is going to be tied to their goals. I like to think about, you know, reverse engineering, thinking about what are my goals and then Am I doing all the things? And to me, that's also the boundaries of dictates what I say yes to and what I say no to. If it's not aligned with this, where busyness, you know, it's not necessarily producing anything is what I'm hearing you say. Absolutely. We can run on the, on the wheel all day, but are we getting anywhere? And if you can look back in your life and say, I'm in the exact same spot that I was in a year ago or two days ago or whatever, and you're not okay with it, you are the only one that can make that change. So I encourage you to try something new, right? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Let's try something new. Let's do something new. Let's, let's put ourselves out there. Let's look back and say, we did it. We gave it our all. And yeah, we may have fallen on our face. We made some lateral moves, but in the end, we got this far and we're proud of who we are. You're the only one that can change you. So my last question to you, Lauren, I love this question to my parents. Your son, Kennedy Ray, (laughs) he is 35 years old now and he is getting his mental health checkup and he finds a safe place in America's favorite psychotherapist's office. And she asked him about his childhood and she asked him to reflect on who his mother was to him in his younger years. What does he say? He's going to say she's crazy, but he's also (laughs) going to say she loved me in every way she knew how. And all I want for you, Kennedy Ray is that you show up as you in every single way. 
and give it your all. Put it all on the table. Don't ever change. Mom loves you. And I tried. (laughs) And if I make some (laughs) mistakes, it's because I care and I love you. I tried. (laughs) You tried and you were good enough. So we'll make sure we keep this clip and you will show it to him at 35. (laughs) That's right. That's right. You heard it first. (laughs) So thank you so much, Lauren Lavender. You know, in the words of our special guest, Make every day feel like Friday. (laughs) After all, tomorrow is not guaranteed. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Let's Talk About It with Janie Lacey. Until next time, this is your host, Dr. Janie Lacey. Thank you for tuning in. Let's Talk About It can be heard live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Please join your host, Dr. Janie Lacey, for another edition of the show next week. 